This is Ethios with Bemneti Meskan from ethiospodcast.com. Ethios is a podcast that chronicles the lives and accomplishments of people of Ethiopian heritage and people of Ethiopian influence around the world. It's about what they do, how they got to where they are, and what inspires them. My guest today is Mesfin Gaitana. Mesfin is the co-founder of Meshkart, an online Ethiopian shopping site specializing in high-quality Ethiopian foods, beverages, books, movies, and clothing. Mesfin is also the president, executive director, and co-founder of Your Ethiopian Professionals, or YEP, formerly known as Young Ethiopian Professionals. YEP is a community of diverse professionals who are striving for growth, excellence, and success in their professional and social lives. Mesfin worked as a patent examiner in the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office before starting Meshkart. Mesfin also served on the board of directors of Ethiopian American engineers and scientists. In response to the Horn of Africa famine in 2011, Mesfin served as head of messaging at Hornlight, a platform that helped share diverse, complex, and nuanced narratives on the Horn of Africa. Mesfin holds a bachelor. Mesfin holds a bachelor of science in electrical engineering from the University of New Orleans. While in college, Mesfin participated in multiple fellowships and published research papers in collaboration with his mentoring professors from Stanford, Purdue, the University of Illinois, and Northwestern. He also served as a math and physics mentor and tutor to high school students as well as college students in Louisiana and Virginia. Mesfin joins us today from Virginia. I have I have a personal uh, yep story that I wanted to share with you. I might have even mentioned it to you. So I came to almost exactly two years ago. I came to a yep talk. It was a free keynote by uh, a guy called Thomas Debus, who is now a very close friend of mine. We we chat probably once or twice a week at the very least. The talk had nothing to do with the field that I'm in. Right? I'm in the creative industry. He works at the State Department. He's a deputy. Yep. And yep. he came and gave a talk about public-private partnerships. Partnership. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Thomas and, is a very good friend of mine as well. Yeah, so I was yeah. like, you know what? Maybe I should just go there because this guy might know how I can get some free money from the government. You know, <laughs> like, and then kind of after the talk, he gave, he gave an awesome talk. Uh, he opened it up to some questions and everybody was asking like these very kind of everybody there was most of the people there were from government sectors. And I got up and I said, I have to ask this guy a question. I just was really brutally honest. And I said, hey, man, I'm an entrepreneur. I started my own business. I'm a creative agency and I'm, I'm really looking to get some funding. Does the State Department do that? And is that the type of partnership that you that you do? And he said, you know what? Uh, he asked me to give him a pitch right there in front of everybody. I pitched my – he said, come and talk to me after the, the talk. After the talk, I went and talked to him. Two weeks later, I was at the State Department. A month later, we kicked off a project with the State Department. About wow. six months later, he referred to me the biggest client that I've had to date. Wow. So – Wow, and, and, on, and again, yeah. now I, I'm involved in, he, he has a, another nonprofit that he works with. So I, yes, I volunteer yes. my time with Coder Dojo, which is actually coming up this weekend. 
like I said, we've become good friends and we, we chat regularly. And that relationship, both professional and personal, that happened because of Yep. And I just want to tell you, honestly, at least in my life, that organization has made a difference. And really, you guys have served me. And, and now I'm, I'm looking to serve you guys and the community as well. So I just want to tell you, honestly, you and all the founders, Shim, Lulit, and everybody who's involved, uh, thank you for, for this awesome organization. And really, you guys are, you guys are great. Thank you so much. I think hearing those stories is what keeps us actually going. As you know, like running nonprofits, especially like, you know, having full time job is very, very hard. And what really keeps us going is, you know, the stories we hear like that. I mean, um, there one of our team members, uh, D, actually always says he found his business partner there because, you know, in the talk and the, now they have their real estate um, uh, business. I mean, they, so he met the person who has a real estate, but they became partners. That's awesome. Um, I mean, you hear, I, I mean there's a, a, there are a million stories that I can tell you, but mm. this is a story that I always tell because it's, it's very um, uplifting. So there was this guy who came with student visa. So he mailed the app and saying, uh, you know, I just graduated and, and I think I believe in biology and stuff like that. And... Um, he said, after I graduated, my mom got sick, so I was just helping her out, and I didn't have time to look, was to look for a job, but my visa is going to expire, like, next month. So he said, if there's anything, you know, you guys can do for me, you know, using your network, I really, really appreciate it. Otherwise, you know, I have to go back. Because, you know, like, they only give you six months to find a job if you, if you come with a student visa. Right. So... When we get that email, like we send out the, an email and it happens to be one uh, person in our network, uh, at his work, they were hiring, they were hiring. And so when he got that email, he called the person, he asked him for a resume uh, and he got the resume and he got the interview. And the guy, from what I heard, uh, is he's very smart. Like the, the, the person was interviewed and he's really impressed them. And they hired him and he got actually his, you know, green card, like through that job eventually. And that guy always talks about that. So think about it. Like, you know, he always says like, you know, you guys change my life. Like, you know, I don't know what would happen. Like I would have been just illegal if I stayed here or I have to go back. Like, you know, if my visa was expired, but now like he works in a very good uh, company. He has all the benefits. He has everything. But when you think about it, it's just using, leveraging the network. It's not mm. like it took anything from me. Like it's just, you know what I'm saying? Like That's I, true. It's just, a, so it is so powerful that the kind of stories you hear that, that start with a, the connection. And Absolutely. I think one thing I really want to point out about Yep here is Bamnet is for the next, uh, you know, three, four years, we have this more ambitious plans because what we've been doing so far is more building trust within our community, show the power of, you know, networking, the power of, you know, grassroots organization. And I believe we did that. I think everywhere I go, people know about Yep. But I think the next step is is being actually visible in this in this country. We have the number. I think we are the second largest uh, you know, uh, population, you know, within African countries in DC area. But you wouldn't know that 
you wouldn't know that because everybody is kind of, um, you know, going go, going it alone. I think in the next three, four years, Yep is going to change that. Yep is really, we're planning, as you know, a lot of things. And with that comes advocacy, not just for the professional, but the Ethiopian community. Um, it's going to come a lot of things like we don't have data about our people. So like have a think tank you know, create a think tank. We have to create a lot of institutions. I think that's the only way we're going to be successful as a community. I don't think it's going to take care forever if we just, you know, people are successful. Ethiopian, Ethiopians are successful everywhere, individually. But I, we have to change that as a community. We have to be like an Hispanics or we have to be like, you know, every other, you know, the, the people, you know, vote in a black, right? We have to show that, like, you know, we don't not gonna just vote for no reason. We demand something, you give us something, and people just come from Ethiopia need to get all the resources. Students has to get all the resources, and then people who are not professional and wants to, you know, uh, you know, change to, to be a professional, we have to give them help. People who has businesses, you know, have to be mainstream, like we. I don't have a mainstream business. Like we have to have like, we have to be like a China, we have to have a Chinatown, like Ethiopian town or something. <laughs> I agree. We have to have chicken, right? Like our doorway has to be like the mainstream, <laughs> you know? So we have to create an institution in this country. Regardless I agree. of our I agree. opinion back home here is different. You know I what agree. I'm saying? So that's what we're going to be work on. And, uh, and I'm, I'm 100% sure with the people, with the team we have, you know, we'll get that, that done. And before I go to your professional career, one of the things that I love to I love about the organization is it's a politics-free zone. So oh, refreshing yeah. because, honestly, we can just focus on community. We can focus on the things that really unite us and how we help each other versus the things that we really are, I, I think, we clash on. So, you know, really, I love the way the organization is set up. Yep, and then I think it's not just uh, politics; it's also religion. It's free. It's free because what happens is, you know what I'm saying. There are some things that are personal, personal to you. And what has been done in this, you know, in this country for a long time is people come with, you know, those divisive issues, and they you know, don't talk, they don't do anything. But you know, in this country, people don't see as as anybody else they look at as Ethiopians, Ethiopians or Africans, so they don't care, like, you know, if you have a different opinion. So how we live here, we have so much in common, you know what I'm saying, than our politics, our religion or everything else. So, you know, back home is different, like I said, but here, like, you know, we should stand for each other. And, you know, like, like I said, the example that I gave you, that, that the guy who found a job, you know what I'm saying? Like, we have to do that for everybody. And... We have to help our own businesses, like, you know, uh, we have to infuse ca cash within our community. We have to be bigger, you know, like stronger together is like what the Hillary Clinton <laughs> motto is. But it's really we need that, you know, reg regardless of, uh, you know, the differences we have, we have so much in common. You know, we shouldn't forget that is, it's, it's, you know, the point uh, of YEP. So that's why we avoid, you know divisive issues and we only focus on what matters in what matters in your life in this country you know what absolutely so you and shimalis you and shim uh, are entrepreneurs you guys i believe both quit your day jobs yes, and started this online uh, business called yes. meshcart 
which I love. By the way, usually when when I hear a name, but I'm assuming the mesh is a combination of Masfin and Shemalis, right? That is right. So usually when somebody does that for a business, it doesn't sound great. It's like Lupamu or something that sounds weird, right? <laughs> but mesh is a so word. I have to it's tell a you a story about how we came up with the name because um, we actually didn't even think about using our names. Like that was the last thing we wanted to do. Like you know what I'm saying? So we started with everything else, like you know the click market, the <laughs> market we have. Like you know, so we wanted like you know an e-commerce company. So Meshcard is basically an e-commerce company, like Ethiopian Amazon, basically. So we wanted to make sure that Ethiopian products has a specific platform. I mean, you find stuff in Amazon, but not in an organized way and, you know, quality wise. And also we want to promote our business. Like, you know, we don't want a big company promoting our stuff because it's just a number to them. Like for us, everything has a sentimental value. So that's what we're doing. Like we have books, we have traditional clothes, we have Ethiopian jewelry, anything Ethiopian made, we have it. And we're, or, you know, if you don't have it, we want to have it. And, and we want to, you know, make it available, you know, people in the US, we have market in Europe, we have market in Australia and Canada. So we're an international market. But as far as the name is, so when we were looking for a name, we want that name to indicate, you know, Ethiopia. So something unique to Ethiopia. So some of it, like, you know, all the names that I mentioned to you, like Click Mercato or, you know, Lucy Market or this, that, you know, like, you know, when we did tests with other people, they're like, ah, that's just expected. Like, it's nothing unique about it, you know, like. You know, while we were looking for a unique name, we couldn't find a unique, unique name. So what we thought was um, we know what the logo is going to be. So the logo we want is to be, you know, so every e-commerce has a cart, right? That cart, the shopping cart is what you see in, when you go to Giants or when you go to like um, um, uh, Best Buy, right? But we said, you know, we have our own Zembio, like, you know, our own basket. So we really <laughs> wanted to do that. So that's our shopping cart, like Gullit Sipid, you know, like when you go to Gullit and Kasanchi's, like, you know, where I grew up. I remember that. That's what our shopping cart. We don't need this sophisticated, you know, what looks like sophisticated. We have our own sophistication. So we wanted to have that in our logo because it goes with what an electronic cart does. So I have, we have an electronic uh, Zembio, you know? Yeah. So when you look at Zambil, Zambil has a mesh, like, you know, like it's, it's made of that mesh structure. So, and what mesh means is, you know, it's got a different meaning, which is not usually used. It's bringing things together. So we look at this business as bringing artists with their, you know, their fans, you know, uh, like, you know, farmers with their like you know people who consumers you know what i'm saying that so it's bring this it's a marketplace that brings different interests and uh, different talents so we look at it as it's a mesh it's a mesh thing it also it shows um you know the way our zambil is made is through the mesh and also it's our name so we kind of got that from that so we just didn't want it to be our name but it has further name and mesh is already known it's, it's, it's an english word so it helps in branding. You care about branding. So we also... That was it. good storytelling. But I'm sure you guys are like, hey, let's just blend our names together. Because <laughs> 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 no, if you and I opened the coffee shop, it'll probably be called <laughs> Bemspin or something like that, right? <laughs> 
people need to stop doing that. But it really works. In your case, it really, really works. I like it. Yes, I love it. So Meshcart is is your full-time gig now. So you quit your day job and you're growing the business. How is it going? What's What's been the biggest challenge? And, um, you know, if you were to start from scratch again, what would you do differently? The biggest challenge, so it's really doing good. So as far as that is, um, so we measure, I guess, what good means in different in different measures. So for us, we look at it as this is, you know, this is, we're kind of like a, a startup for us because, I mean, there are there were e-commerce, independent e-commerce companies before us and they still are. But if you look at it, they're not structured right, I guess, in our opinion. So like Shim and I, even when we started the Yep or, uh, or Meshcart, we always wanted to make something different. We didn't want to duplicate. Like, like, we're, like we have a mindset of there is a lot of gaps. Let's just fill in. Like, let's not duplicate. And sometimes we see that in our community that a lot of businesses just duplicate instead of, you know, seeing what the difference. So what we said was we need something different. So our model was the biggest e-commerce companies like eBay or Amazon or, you know, even like uh, the big retail now have e-commerce. So when we structured, we studied them, you know, we were sellers in Amazon and eBay. We were also a user. So we kind of looked at how the system work, because if you duplicate an idea, duplicate is from the best, you know? So we didn't see that in our community, whether it's from customer service whether how the website is structured, how clean it is, how easy to use it, um, you know, uh, how the packaging looks like, how you deal with vendors, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and just for the fact that I'm in Shim as an economist, you know, I'm from the technology area, so we have that background. And we worked in big institution for a long time. Uh, you know, we came in an early age in this country, so we know how things work in this country. And we wanted to have it in that stage. You know what I'm saying? Like, we wanted to make sure that any American or Australian, when it comes to our site, it has to feel like as if they're buying from the best, you know, like like Amazon or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So that was, yeah, that was the structure. So, so in that way, like everywhere we showed it, whether it's on our community or with the Americans or any other nationals that we exposed or we uh, we showed that information, they were very happy about the website, how clean it is, you know, then, you know, even the, when you look, at, there are some even, uh, e-commerce company who tried, but, you know, like we see a gap in them. So ours is more structured. Everything had logic to it, you know? Um, so even like how we grouped them and how we subgroup them, how you search, you know, when you search, uh, you know, and how different ways, how many different ways it comes and stuff like that. So because of that, I think, uh, we have customers in 10 countries in Europe. Uh, we have customers from Australia. Like I said, we have a lot of customers from Canada. We serve 47 states in the U.S. We, we get customers. And the only few people, the, the only few states that we haven't gotten a response is like Vermont and the two, the two Dakotas, basically. You just got to reach out to Bernie. He'll, he'll, he'll make it happen. What's the hottest item on Meshcart? Books. Books. People buy books a lot. Uh, next to books is uh, spices. These are high, you know, very um, hot sells. Yeah. Are, you, are you guys planning on 
start doing content like um, Amazon does, so streaming music or or films and stuff like that in the future? I mean, yeah, I mean, like, like you see, like, you know, this e-commerce is a, as a market, so it's open for selling anything, whether it's a digital content or it's a physical product, it's open for everything. You know, you just have to have uh, the traffic, you know what I'm saying? So you asked me about the challenge earlier. So the biggest challenge that we found, especially, is mostly in our community. Our people are not, uh, I guess, an e-commerce user as we thought they were. You know, we get more sometimes orders from, you know, Americans and stuff like that. Like, so our, even if when they order, they are suspicious about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, they call you and it's like, when are, you know, like, is this a real website or, you know, or, you know so there's a lot of, you know, uh, learning to do in our community. I think we have to teach and we have to encourage people. And another thing is people still want to buy from market, like physical market, right? You know, or they still want to bring it from Ethiopia food. So, you know, I still want my mom's Burberry or, you know, or my friend is going to send me a book. So that thinking is still there. But what they don't realize is, you know what I'm saying? Like the hustle that happens in between. And Ethiopia actually recently is enforcing rules that you can't take more than three kilo barberry. Now that's gonna that's gonna help us in a way because you know they're they're you know strictly actually enforcing that law. They are. I actually tried to bring a, a bunch of coffee about a year ago, and they said I could only take I think two kilos, some something like something ridiculous. We argued a little, and they let me go. But yeah, yeah, I mean. But down the road, I think they're going to do that because they have to do the export, like they have to get, you know, uh, money from the export. And also, I think that's how the world is going. That's what globalization is. And you know what I'm saying? Like the, the convenience becomes very important than, you know, the traditional way. But that's what the challenge is, the learning, like teaching that, you know. And usually what happens is once they order, they become our customer. But between ordering between knowing about it and they say oh you guys are doing great to the ordering it takes time like there is that that gap and that's usually the biggest challenge so there is a big marketing um stuff that we really need to do uh, and, and you know i think that's the most the most challenge we have is that and the other one is you know for every business capital like startups consistently need capital you know there's a million ideas we want to do but need that cash infusion consistently so you know that kind of not having the big capital and that's another thing i noticed is you know what i'm saying like other communities rely on their community uh, to find a venture capitalist you know or you know crowd uh, crowdsourcing and stuff like that we don't you know what i'm saying we don't have that unfortunately so we have to be very creative and find different means but you know what that does is it takes um, time to have your business as successful as opposed to a person who start with you know a, a good capital like you know like Uber like Uber could experiment because you know started with a bigger you know million dollars uh, you know capital you know stuff like that you know what I'm saying so for us like it's, we don't have that so we have to be very innovative so that takes time to build a business you know so that so capital and I guess, um, you know, I guess education about e-commerce. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's awesome. 
Well, Masman, you you have had a successful uh, professional career. You've you've had you've launched a successful nonprofit. You have a successful uh, business. What's next for you, man? And and what <laughs> not only what's next, but what advice do you want to give to somebody who's listening to this who maybe feels like that they can't quit their job and do something like what you've done, even though they have ideas? Because uh, there's so many brilliant people that are just stuck in in jobs that they don't want to work in for long periods of time, but they're they're just there because of the paycheck. Um, so what's next, and and what's the advice that you want to give people? I mean, thank you for you know even saying like successful, but I think uh, for me, like I never looked at as myself as a successful. Um, it's just you know, doing what you're passionate about. Yep, is about passion to me, you know? And I think the advice I give is a lot of times there's a lot of things that you want it to be improved. And what, as a human, by default, what we do is we complain about it. Like, okay, why this is not this? We go to a restaurant and say, hey, like, you don't restaurants are like that. Or... Uh, you know, we go to Ethiopian grocery stores and say, this is not whatever. Or we go to any place and say, we're good at identifying things that that needs to be improved, right? But I think we have to have a next step with that to look that as an opportunity. Like, you know, things that you complained about, more likely somebody else is complaining about it. So, to have a, I guess, a mindset to think that, my God, like from now on, every time I see a problem, maybe that's an opportunity. Or every time I see a gap, that might be a business opportunity. You know, so I think to to think in terms of that could help because I think, you know, you can start any business in the U.S. I think starting a business is very easy, but sustaining it and and, you know, like there is a lot of highs and lows and a lot of th- times we always talk about the success on the last part, but we don't talk about what it takes, the time, the commitment, the disappointment, all that stuff. We don't talk about that usually. So so the only thing that sustains you is finding the passion, you know, wh- wh- you know, like what is it that that you're interested in? Let's say you're stuck in a job that you don't like. But what would make you happy or what is it that gets you up in the morning and keep you going? And sometimes it's very hard to find that. But I think asking that question is the first step. Sometimes we're, you know, uh, we're lucky and find it out by accident. But sometimes we find it by digging more into ourselves. Like, you know, so, so but having this, the mindset of, you know, like starting from around you, like, you know, don't look for something else, like start from your home, start from your friends, start from your environment and see if there's something that we can change. And that's when we started. Yep. We started from like, if you ask me, um, you know, three months before we started, yep, we're going to start. Yep. I would say no, like I wouldn't have even thinking about it. But, you know, when I dig into it, like there was nothing that what we're looking for said, hey, let's create it. The same thing with Meshkart. You know, Meshkart happened because we always brought stuff from back home or friends used to ask us to bring stuff and we said, oh man, that's a hustle. Like, I don't want to, 
you know, go through whatever. And we said, you know, there has to be a better system. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, so it wasn't like we always thought about it. It's not like, you know, the electrical engineering that I knew what I wanted to do. Like, you know, these are, so the things I'm doing right now are really came out of need. So I think that's one way of looking. And another thing is there are already things that established, like you don't always have to dig in something that doesn't exist. But if you're passionate about, you know, cooking, you know, you know, why don't you go to, uh, you know, culinary arts school? And do you know what I'm saying? Like, try it, you know, maybe you have to work more hours, you know, you have to do that after, after work and stuff like that. But I think you have to look at, like, you have to invest in yourself, basically. And whatever you invest in yourself, come back to pay, you know, like, you know, like to, to, to come back and help you to grow. That's definitely the case. And, and another thing is, um, I think, especially this is, you know, for our community, for Ethiopian community, I think we came from a place that, uh, uh, that like we, our parents taught us or our community taught us to do the most secure thing. That's why, you know, they encourage us to do medical school, engineering, like law, whatever. It's because, you know, back home there was a lot of competition. So the only way you can survive is by being the best and by doing certain um, uh, occupation, right? But when you come to this country, and if you're in this country, like it's different, you can actually pursue your dream, you know? So, and the, the opportunity is bigger than, you know, what, what is like, you know, the few areas that every, you know, like that's supposedly secure. But another thing is security is also an illusion. So understanding that, is very important in life. There, nothing is uh, as secure. Like things that you know can go. You know, jobs that you have could, you know, you can be laid off. Like in 2008, a lot of people lost jobs who who thought they have the the most secure jobs. And I used to know a lot of engineering engineers who were like a senior engineer and didn't ever thought they're going to lose. They lose their job. Like you know, the country can come upside down, and it happened in our lifetime. So why, you know, nothing is really, it's, it's, it's a perception, security is a perception. So why don't you do something you really, really care about for that and take that risk. And sometimes you will be successful, sometimes you won't, but at least you tried, you know, it's like, and when I, and, and I read a lot of biographies, like I read uh, Steve Jobs biography, um, I, I read, um, you know, a lot of people that we admire now, I think. The difference between them and everybody else is because it's not because they're any smarter than us. Some of them are, even if some of them were. But the difference is persistency. They're persistent. I think you know the, the, the story of Steve Jobs. He got fired from his own company. You know what I'm saying? But he never quit. He was actually doubled down on it. He was actually more persistent. It drives him you know, to be more successful. Like, you know, Mark, you know, when he created Facebook, he wasn't successful when he started. Like, you know, we had a lot of challenges. He was persistent. He wasn't even a college. He wasn't even the traditional smart person. He was, none of these people, like the, like Steve Jobs, Mark, or um, uh, the billionaire uh, Bill Gates, they were in college graduates, you know? You don't have to go through the traditional way sometimes. Like, listen to your heart, listen to your passion, and take a risk. You know, and especially, you know, the young ones, you know, what else going to, what, what are you going to lose? You know what I'm saying? You can always go back to, uh, you know, the traditional way of doing it. So that persistence is important. And I think 
I wouldn't even, if you're not getting what you're looking for, I wouldn't call it like a failure. What I would say is a lesson. You learn a lesson within that, those things that you haven't succeed. So next time you do something, you have more expertise, more knowledge, and more um, courage to do that. Like I wasn't never the person who was going to quit a job. Like I was very secure person. Like I didn't want to take a risk. But once I did, I was like, now, like, I don't care. Like, you know, let's say, you know, Mishkart is not at some point, like didn't think it was successful. If I go back to work, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's nothing for you. You know what I mean? I think that, that, that confidence is important to try different things, you know, to test different things and, and measure successfulness measured, not just in money, but in the knowledge you acquire and the expertise you acquire and the people you meet. So I think you look at it broadly and try something that you really care about, you know, that's actually by, for me, by definition, it's a success. I agree. I think even if you're like an accountant and if you like to travel and that's what you want your job to be, Go find an accounting job at a at a place where maybe it's like a travel agency or an airliner, just so you can at least get closer to that industry, so that you can see if there's opportunities that you can take advantage of. But a lot of times people are, I don't know. I think passion is definitely a recurring theme for almost everybody that I ask this question to. It's you got to be hungry, man. You got to be hungry. Whatever it is that you want to do, it can't just be a dream, right? It's right. You, you have to just hunger for it and then just go after you. Exactly. Yeah. And another thing I am going to, I'll add on this one is permanent. I think surround yourself with, um, the right people. So right. In quote unquote, the right people, meaning people who help you, you know, to, you know, um, uh, for you to push ahead because sometimes your crowd is a laid back crowd. And every time you're trying to, think outside of the box they're like oh no and they kind of discourage you and that that you know voice becomes a reality to you totally agree but if you surround yourself like with people who you know who push the envelope and who are smart ambitious you know what i'm saying like they actually understand you you know what i'm saying that environment is important sometimes like you know it's it's, it's actually make you or break you I heard somebody once say, you can't soar like eagles when you're surrounded with turkeys. <laughs> so don't you surround yourself with a bunch of turkeys. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. That crowd is important. It's very important. Like, you don't even have to have 100 crowns. If you have a good two, three, you know, best friends that, you know, say, hey, you could do that, you know. I mean, sometimes, you know, you have, your, you have to have your own confidence, but having a positive vibe around. I agree. And the hustle, too. Like, you know. Get rid of your cable, get rid of Netflix, get rid of Hulu, like get all the distractions out. If you want to do something, you really have to get rid of, you have to change your pattern, right? So Yeah, it's like what they say, like, you know, you, you can't expect the same results by doing the same thing, right? So, you know, if you want to change your life, like, you know, look at what you're doing and see, maybe you have to give up some time or you have to give up something you yep. know but, give, up, give but, up that nice apartment for a year exactly you know? do what you need to do yep. like you know is yep. it specific to you i agree uh, for the bigger picture I, I think that's that's important and and i think i want to underline this and you do this too as well like i'm sure you've seen it in your uh you know your entrepreneur and entrepreneur by yourself too i think 
prepare yourself for the long haul if you're going to start a business or if you want to be entrepreneur or if you want to do something bigger like sometimes have that expectation and have that patience the expectation shouldn't be like oh, i'm going to be successful in three months or six months or a year it might be different because there is a lot of moving variables that you don't have control over mm-hmm. so you have to have that big vision to say you know, like there are going to be obstacles, there are going to be a lot of challenges, mm-hmm. and you have to retool yourself based on those challenges. I agree. So success doesn't come overnight, and sometimes when you, you know, listen to books and whatever, since they don't mention that, you feel like, okay, now I'm like, you know, pumped up and I'm ready, whatever, and in three months, like the, the work is boring, it's not, you know, mm-hmm. you know what you think. It's not. It doesn't have. It doesn't pay you that much. Mm-hmm. Actually, you, you spend more time, and you don't see the result right away, and that could be discouraging. And I agree. What I really want to underline for people is, you know, the first year, the first two years, the first three years could be very hard, and you don't even, um, you know, what I'm saying. I even like see yourself as successful, or you don't see yourself as doing anything, but. Those are a preparation time. Those are a learning period. Those are, you know, like, uh, you know, like an, an installing that important foundation for you. So hang in there, you know, be strong and think about the long haul, like financially, like, you know, so that you don't quit. You know, like what I'm, you know, for example, you know, people say, hey, you know, like, I want to quit your job like you. And I said, you know, I have to think about it. Like, don't just quit. Like, you know, I wouldn't advise that. Like, think about it. Like, how do you live? Like, you have to make some arrangement. How do you pay your bills? Like, you know, you know, you have to think through it. So you have to make, you have to find that balance between, you know, don't be spontaneous. But at the same time, don't think, you know, overthink it as well. Like, like I'll, a lot of people say, oh, I can never quit my job. It's like, yes, you can. Thing, you know, just prepare for it. <laughs> you can get you fired. Know, you, you can get laid off. <laughs> you don't have to quit your job. <laughs> exactly. Master, exactly. it's been a pleasure, man. How do people get a hold of you and and just kind of give them the you know you the website addresses and all the social media addresses for both Yep, Meshkart, and anything else that you're doing. Sure. Um, I have, uh, you know, they can find me on Facebook, you know, they can, uh, Mesfin Gaetane, uh, Twitter, I have at uh, Gate, um, uh, Mes- G Mesfin, uh, my email is gmesfin at gmail.com. And as far as um, Yep is concerned, we are on Facebook, with, you know, if they're looking for Yep Networks, they can find that. Our website is yepnetworks.org. Uh, we're on Twitter at Yep Networks. We have an Instagram, they're all Yep Networks, so they can find us. And we're also on LinkedIn. Uh, for Meshkart, they can um, find us at info, info at meshkart.com and our website, M-E-S-H-C-A-R-T.com. Um, so, um, you know, they can, they can um, uh, find me in any way, in any one, any one of these ways. And uh, thank you, Bamnet, for giving me the platform. And good luck with everything. And uh uh, I'm very proud of uh, what you what you're doing as well. Thank you so much, man. I'm having so much fun. It doesn't even seem I'm, I'm again passionate about it, but it's it's it doesn't seem like work, which is awesome. And I'll be sure to post all of the the websites and uh, social media uh, links to both Yep and Meshkart on ethospodcast.com. So. If you're interested in finding out more, if you're interested in reaching out to Mesfin, we'll we'll post all the information on there. Mesfin, again, thank you so much. Again, I, I can't thank you enough for Yep. 
and I wish you a lot of success in both Yep and Meshkart and looking forward to the future. Thank you. Thank you, Bamnet. To find out more about my guest and to subscribe to the podcast, please visit www.ethiospodcast.com.